listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am doing lovely as always, sir. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's a nice day here in Halifax. You know, it's always nice in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I encourage you to vacation here at your earliest convenience. Yes, which uh, may not be for a while yet. No. No, no, You can stay away until the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I, I am really interested in uh, in where we're going with our guest today. Yeah, yeah, as am I. Um, It's a really funny thing, you know, and... I think we've talked about this in a variety of ways in the past, not necessarily on the show, but this notion of it's kind of hard to read the label from inside the can, so to speak. When you're inside an organization, it's hard to, in some way, uh, view it like a customer views it or even construct marketing or think about your go-to-market strategy in a way that a customer might perceive. Um, Especially when you're in a larger organization that just has a, you know, a lot of distribution, you know, spread out around the globe and, and really, you know, there's a lot of layers there to go through to truly get to understanding who the customer is. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that today's guest is going to kind of um, help us understand how to get closer to the customer and, and, and build a more, um, customer-centric, if you will, marketing functions. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excited for today's show. Me too. So joining us today is Mike Kazmazak from Schneider Electric, and Mike is the VP of Marketing, Digital Energy, and Buildings and Market. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Mike. Perfect. Yeah, I want to thank you both for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to join you both today. Thanks so much. Uh, look, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I've got to say, you know, the folks at Schneider, like that was a that was a heck of a title there. Yeah, that was a mouthful. <laughs> it's very specific. Maybe the larger the organization, the more specific the titles get. It, it is, yeah. So the, one of the things is just to make sure that um, obviously, as we're interacting with our, our customers, they know exactly what we're we're doing, right? So part of this is a lot of this internalness um, with with the title itself, digital energy. Um, it's about you know our division itself, but I think what gets closer to the customers what we're doing and that's and that's the end market itself so i kind of tacked on that building's end market there so that way when i engage with customers or i'm talking to partners they know exactly where uh and what i'm doing in the organization itself and you've really come up through schneider over the last number of years eh? you've been there a while and and held a number of titles and seen a lot of different divisions yeah, absolutely. So um, today I'm responsible for the, the building's end market, but I recently came from the industrial automation side. Um, and so in the industrial automation side, I was really managing and leading the uh, marketing strategy for our uh, offers, our segments, and our channel. Um, and this was a great experience because industrial automation is booming right now. Uh, manufacturing is is taking off, especially with uh, what, what's happening today with with COVID and, and looking at how things are are kind of changing in the landscape, our, our market um, is changing, our customers are changing, and so this is always a way for us to reflect on how do we um, look at ourselves internally and look at the marketing that we're doing as well. So I think that's a the, you know really unique experience, especially with uh, what's happening in the world and how do we adjust. Um, and also I have some background in, in sales and in finance. And so that's unusual for probably a marketer to spend a lot of time in Excel, but I spent two and a half years in Excel. And, and a lot of that was to, to look at the marketing transformation that we were trying to drive as well. So uh, I, th- I think some of that background, um, you know, obviously it, it, you don't necessarily need to be a marketer your entire career, but you can 
always take some of those elements and apply it to to how you look at marketing and, and the, from a customer perspective. That's uh, look. I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna find that uh, personally quite interesting, only because I, I come at uh, the world of marketing from a. Uh, uh, finance and a natural resource economics background. Wow. <laughs> so, and uh, politics. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the politics was a bit of a, uh, a diversion along the way. <laughs> but I was actually trained in, in, in finance and, and, and economics. And, and uh, so I've always, uh, uh, you know, I, I find that that skill set's actually incredibly useful in marketing. So it's just great to hear that somebody else has had a somewhat similar path. Absolutely. I think, again, that roundness, sometimes it brings uh, value when you're looking at, um, you know, just the different dynamics of how we can do marketing. Um, and, you know, having the finance background, I can tell you that uh, that data-driven mindset um, helps us also kind of get the right customer insights and think about how to build a relationship because we know that data is so important to what we're doing uh, every day uh, to get closer to understanding more about them. Uh, it's like, the, it's like the, the saying every, it always gets shortened that uh, jack of all trades master of none mm. but I believe the full saying is jack of all trades master of none is oftentimes better than a master of one uh, I have never heard that yeah so the jack of all trades is actually a better thing but it uh, gets abbreviated and and, and the, the, the impact is lost yeah, huh. yeah so there you go all right. Well, we could just end the show now, but instead of doing that, <laughs> yeah, we're going to dive let's, back uh, in. Let's, let's, uh, I'd like to understand um, the the work that's been underway uh, in getting closer to the customer and this transformation that you're helping guide. Um, I, I guess uh, can you can you uh, take us a little bit more into that and help us understand um, uh, what's at play and, and what some of the kind of innovations that you. You feel that Schneider's introduced in terms of getting closer to customers and and, and, and understanding them better? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this it's a great topic because I think it comes down to uh, customer design marketing and what we can do to get closer to the customer. And um, a lot of times when you look at um, how we drive transformations in, in any company, um, they start with kind of a, an internal objective. Um, and one of the unique things that you know we can start to be you know, to start to drive um, across the board in the organization is is starting from the customer and working our way in. So understanding really what the customer needs are and leveraging that uh, to start to, to look at, you know, what are the things that are changing in the market? How are our customers interacting with us? How do our customers want to be interacted with us in the future? Um, and those are kind of the things that start to lead into um, how do you start to, to set up your organization itself? Um, a lot of the transformations that we've done in the past also don't necessarily need to be around the organization. They're about driving specific initiatives like digital um, and making sure that that becomes a really key part of everybody's role. Um, some of these things that today, like digital, it, it, it's set up as a specific role in the organization in most cases. And we can start to look at how do we take this specific uh, element and make it part of everybody's role. Um, and, and this is something that changes the dynamic of an organization. We changed kind of the idea of taking uh, specificity around marketing function and driving that closer to the customer itself. I think one of the, you know, the unique things about this is that transformation itself um, by some can really be seen as a dirty word, right? It implies change. And in most organizations, people are resistant to change. 
they're not really uh, open to that uh, because it implies that we're changing maybe an organization or a style of doing something or the way that we work. But transformation is so natural to a marketer because it's about adjusting and adapting to the market itself. And that's the customer, right? So I think most cases when we look at what we want to do, by starting with a customer, we start to look at how do we change ourselves, the things that we're doing to adjust to uh, the right touch points between sales and marketing. And that's been one of the learnings I think that we've taken from COVID as you know, COVID's changed the world itself. How do we change ourselves? How do we adjust and pivot so quickly so that way we become more agile? Um, and transformation itself should be something that we constantly do. We constantly wanna you know, look at what's happening in the market, what's happening with our customers. And how do we start to build the right marketing and relationships with them? And relationships in the last, I would say, six to a year now, probably, um, have changed. We've become more digital, uh, you know, less physical touch points. And what does that mean for the relationships that we're building with our customers? It means that we now need to adapt our marketing. And you see a lot of this happening with a lot of companies where they're looking at you know, new ways of driving digital. But also we need to keep in mind that um, there's fatigue that's about to set in because we need to, to, to really innovate and think about different ways of, of driving relationship with them. Do you think that starting from that customer perspective allows you to, or have you experienced it this way, that that, that customer perspective in helps people accept and embrace the change more that they're going to be required to follow in or to, you know, to, to undertake? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, starting with the customer um, and leveraging that outside view to drive the changes internally, no one can really argue with that, right? Uh, because what we're doing is just doing what's best for the, the customer itself. So I think that's the first and primary way to start to think about it. The other thing is to have, when you're looking at some of these changes, to have clear objectives in mind, right? But always have the possibility to learn and adjust as you go. For marketers, this is trying, you know, to be, you know, more impactful with the business itself. Um, you know, the objective is really not to just um, change the marketing organization or the marketing that we're doing, but it's to look at how we can drive business impact and better the relationship with our customers. The biggest lesson that I think I've learned in some of this is we need to leverage data more. Uh, data helps us benchmark. It helps drive decisions, but it's also completely factual. Um, it helps us for, uh, you know, for most points to start to look at, you know, how are the customers interacting with us in different ways and document that and, and start to see how do we shift that behavior or drive the behaviors we're looking to, to, to manage. So data to me is one of those things, um, you know, plus the customer or the outside in view that really start to get, uh, you know, the, the folks internally uh, on board. Kind of push the internal emotion out of some of the decisions in some way, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the internal emotions is is sometimes difficult because it it implies that um, you know as you know a group we're 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 morphing, we're changing, we're adjusting, um, and transformation too itself. When you're looking at it from a customer perspective, um, it, like I said before, it's it's something that needs to happen constantly, and transformation you know, some of the best transformations are ones that are ongoing, right? They're multi-year, multi, -year, multi uh, you know, uh, program focused because the fact that it's not something that starts and stops. It's about keeping that going to adjust and also keep 
uh, that the idea of self-improvement or, or group improvement um, in, involved. Mike, one of the one of the things that's interested me uh, over the years in terms of work and uh, that I've done in trying to to get closer to customers, understand them more, is I find that often marketers take a it's kind of almost one approach. Like they, they, they maybe take some sur- do some surveys or something of that sort, but they basically it's they, they ask the customer, and um, you think, oh well, that that sounds logical. I mean, you want to know what the customer thinks, you ask them. But uh, people are kind of unreliable witnesses to their own behavior in some way. Like people only say why they did something after they like they'll, they'll justify it after the fact. And they'll they'll rationalize what that decision was or what that process was, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually what drove that decision. Um, uh, because again, people are unreliable witnesses to their own behavior, and we want to make we want everything to make sense, so we'll rationalize it after the fact. How have you um, have you done any work at Schneider in terms of? Informing your gut instinct around the customer, if you will, versus the strictly objective uh, approach of looking at data and simply asking the customer? Yeah, so I I think it's a good point, Harmon. One of the things that we often do when we drive these transformations, we have kind of an understanding of where we want to go. And sometimes that kind of starts to... uh, lead into um, the, the type of data that we start to build around it, right? And we start to look at validation versus being open to understanding more of what we want to get done or how we want to get it done. And I think one of the important things is, especially with using data or, or the voice of the customer, which is probably the most important thing, is to, to really have an open mindset when you start. Um, the objectives that you set for the change that you're, you're driving is, is, is the customer itself. Um, and so if we start with internal objectives, we start to look at how do we skew the data or the information that we're getting from the customer to validate a point that we're trying to make. And the idea of if good marketing is not to validate the point that you made, it's, it's sometimes actually to, to say that, you know, we had an assumption, but it's really not the, you know, the, the outcome that we are expecting. And so I think the first thing that any marketer should be doing is thinking about, you know, having that openness to what's going on, um, using the data to really be informed versus, you know, validating a decision that you've already made um, and start to, to take that data to make it actionable. And that's one of the most important things about this, too, is, is insightful data. Um, how do you start to build the right customer relationships and journeys? based on that data, I think a lot of people know uh, what they want to get out of, um, I mean, there's two starting points. You either don't know what you want to do with the data and you're kind of trying to sift through it to try to make sense of it. Or the other point is you're trying to validate uh, with the data. And I think the best thing to do is just to be open and and embrace kind of what um, the customer is telling you um, and then start with how do you make sense of the data to to kind of share uh, and build from there. So that's been my experience so far. Uh, I think that you know this is a great topic because there's more to uh, you know this in a broader way. 
Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I, I like that notion of um, kind of your starting mental state when you're starting to do that data analysis. It's like, are you starting through the point of view of trying to prove that you're right? <laughs> or are you actually trying to, do you have an open mind to discovering um, what's new or what you just don't know? Um, that's a, I'd be curious. Uh, I, I don't want you to give too many uh, trade secrets of Schneider out uh, on, on the podcast. Well, I kind of do, but I know you won't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 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 you know, ha, can you speak of a time when you've been particularly surprised or by by going into a uh, or looking at... Um, uh, uh, some customer trends that you, um, yeah, you were just, uh, you, 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 you proved yourself wrong, if you will, or you yeah. Were just, uh, yeah. So, yeah. and this is a great example. Um, and it's interesting, you know, you can do so much with, with partners and customers. They're, they're really willing to, to provide that feedback. But there's one example very specific that I, I can think of, of we were launching a new offer. Um, and one of those things uh, as we were launching was building a value proposition, a strong differentiated value proposition. And so we spent tons of time uh, internally to really think about how would we frame this and, um, you know, how is it, you know, looking, com you know, compared to our competitors. One of the interesting things that we forgot to do in that case was to ask the customer, right, to ask our partners. And so we took the time to do a survey with our partners. And this was really a specific case where we were trying to simplify uh, the life of our engineers. And we started to use terms like uh, driving to zero engineering. And the idea was actually not to drive to zero engineering, but to really make the life of the engineer much more simple, right? And what we didn't think about is what that meant to the engineer itself, right? Like that meant <laughs> I don't have a job uh, if I adopt the software, right? So that's not the message we wanted to to to, to make and, and share out. So we we went back to our you know most uh, strategic partners and we asked them what they thought and they provided that feedback. You know we went out to about ten to I think uh, fifteen of those and they had the same message. So it was super clear, right, that we had this internal way of thinking about. This is the data that, uh, I'm sorry, this is the UVP that we want to bring to the market. But our customers and the data say, hey, this is not the right thing for us because it means something completely different to them. So it gave us the ability to adjust before we entered it into the market, but also it gave us that insight to the customer uh, and really adjust our own thinking around how do we how do we do this? And so we've implemented that now for our for all of our offers where we have a soundboard with our customers. Uh, because it's about, you know, getting closer to them uh, and and taking that, you know, feedback and voice uh, as part of our process of doing marketing. I think that's really interesting. I mean, it, it's always, you know, it's, sometimes it's uh, disconcerting or disheartening, I guess, to uh, to hear that, you know, what you've come up with really isn't going to resonate and may actually actively work against you. Um, but it's certainly much better to hear that before it gets in market. Yep. <laughs> than yeah. after, yep. you know, so. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it does take the willingness to um, to listen to what you're hearing, you know, and to yeah. change behavior and change course. Um, 
I think we can all probably look at times in our career when we've been uh, trying to just uh, dug in. Yeah, dug in. You're trying to prove a point. It's like, <laughs> all right, the tenth person I've talked to, and they all agree that what I'm saying is ridiculous. Here you go. Yeah, maybe yeah. I need to start over. Yeah, I, I think you know that. That's a skill for anyone, not not just marketers, but I mean the ability to um, take criticism and take that feedback and um, put your own personal biases or uh, or thoughts aside and and really allow yourself to dig in and, and be be redirected to something I mean you'll often come up with a better solution anyway yeah yep. you know yeah. so yeah it's a it's a I don't know whether that's just a, a, a maturity over a career type of thing or maybe it's <laughs> something that people some people just never learn I don't know but uh, yeah it's it, it, um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, I think probably the smartest marketers out there uh, uh, delight in that moment of being proven wrong. Oh, great. Like I'm discovering something new. I'm actually learning. Like, the, the point of optimizing for a customer is that you're never done optimizing because the customer's never done changing. Um, and if the customer's never done changing, then that means you're never done transforming in order to optimize to serve them better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that's exactly it. So the, the transformation itself is this, this idea of self-improvement, right? And it's self-improvement to, to get closer to the customer, where we start to see some of these things, these behaviors that we do internally, um, to, to start to, to keep that transformation or that improvement uh, of what we're doing in the market as a, a core pillar of the DNA that you have as a, as a marketing group. So I think most of these cases, and, you know, you can see that there's clear indication of um, the self-improvement as part of, you know, what we need to be doing as marketers and, and taking that negative feedback sometimes uh, or, or at least the feedback that you didn't think was going to be um, and implying that to what you're doing as next steps. That's, that's part of transformation. It's, it's getting closer to that customer idea. And a lot of times too, when you look at what we've done in, in, in Schneider, but you look at generally in, in transformation, the organizations today are, are transforming to be closer to the customer. And, and that's one of the unique things that um, you see, um, you know, titles start to become more customer centric. I think we talked a little bit about my own title, uh, you know, digital energy is our division, but I wanted to make sure that customers knew who I was, you know, I was working with the buildings and market. And so that was important for me too. So that way, you know, people know who I am as as a you know a Schneider employee or 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 you know a customer advocate, um, and and that's something that you know evolves itself throughout the organization. We get really specific roles to to personas or customer types. The other piece of this too is we start to mirror what the commercial organization looks like. Um, and I and I think this is so true because if we don't have you know the commercial organization or the sales organization set up in a similar way as marketing, we lose that ability to um, really have an impact on what we're doing. Um, the other cool thing about it too, is when we want to start to, to drive some of this self-improvement and change, everybody's role becomes a little bit you know, more important because they're, they're focused on the customer. They have a specific persona, they have a specific channel, they have a specific segment. So the organization itself becomes flatter because everybody's job becomes so much more important because it's around the customer. And when you give functional type roles, it's sometimes more difficult to do that. And I think the other piece of this too is, you know, indication of a, really a mature transformation, especially in a marketing group, um, is that 
you know, some of these priorities that we have, you know, digital and focusing on uh, maybe, you know, specific types of relationships or customer journeys itself, they become a thing of everybody's responsibility, right? And there's no longer a single role that's responsible for digital marketing, or there's no longer a role responsible for, you know, customer relationship. What you start to see is that customer relationship, uh, you know, persona, digital marketing, they start to be part of an integrated responsibility of everybody's role. Man, I love that. Yeah, as you've, uh, as you've kind of realigned, if you will, uh, not completely abandoning, obviously, functional, uh, um, uh, I guess, delineations, but at the same time, going a bit more persona-based in how you organize uh uh, has that allowed you to have a bit more, um, if you will, functional redundancy, like uh, or redundancy on the in the talents of of the team members, um, uh, and perhaps add uh, added a bit of flexibility. I don't want to put too much many words in your mouth when you talk about flattening the organization a bit. It felt like that might be one of the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the things that um, you'll see is that. Um, it, it helps upskill employees, right? It upskills them because they have a better understanding. Um, when I first started in early in my career, you know, it led um, effort to drive social media uh, when it was really, really early on, uh, when social media really wasn't, you know, huge in, in companies because it was being used personally. And one of the interesting things was to take uh, social media and, and tie it back to business you know, business uh, process, right? And at the time, we weren't even doing really, you know, true marketing with social because it was just getting off the ground. But one of the things that it was interesting to, to see was, you know, how can social be used for, you know, uh, customer listening, right? Um, how can it be used by the sales organization? How can it be used by marketing? How can it be used by HR? That same philosophy, right, um, holds true because social becomes an integrated part of everyone's strategy. And although that was probably really early on, uh, you know, it was about 10 years ago when that really kind of started. Uh, when you look at what we're trying to do now, um, it's the same concept, right? It's making things so integrated um, that, you know, these process or business process become part of marketing or part of the functions that we're doing today. And the second thing is that we're able to upskill people much quicker. And I don't think we'll be able to fully get away from like functional roles. Um, and I, you know, that's not the case at all. You're always going to need to have functional roles, but the, the ultimate way to get closer to the customer is start to think about, you know, how do you have titles in your organization that have customer types or personas attached to it? And um, and then how do those other functional roles really support with those specific initiatives around the customer types? So I think it's a it's a, definitely a mix or a blend of both, um, and it's important that you know we look at both sides of it and really figure out what the right balance is. I, I really like the idea of mirroring the customer organization with how you're aligned, so that they can see themselves in you, and it just you know. It's just so many times I've seen, you know, um, even something as simple as a web build where the, you know, you're people are trying to structure the thing according to how their internal organization is built as opposed to how it's seen from the outside and how it's accessed from the, from the customers. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't align. And, and so they're speaking two different languages. Yeah. Exactly. And you have to, you have to step back and really kind of work with people to help them understand that, uh, you know, th this is going to benefit everybody if, if the people who are using this can can see themselves in it and find find what it is that they need rather than trying to understand your your complex internal hierarchy. <laughs> but 
what, what I want to ask is, so, so we talked a bit about how, you know, how this has aligned people around personas and things like that. How has it affected the kind of content and marketing that you're creating? Um, like, what are you thinking about and, uh, and what are you, um, what are you building? Yeah, it's a great point. So I think one of the things that happens when we start to look at marketing to specific personas or verticals is that content itself becomes much more specific as well. Um, and what that means is that the unique differentiation becomes kind of a, a vehicle to start to tell our story. Um, because what people want is to understand better how this is going to help them. What are the benefits for them? Um, and when you're doing kind of generic or transverse marketing, you can't really pull that out. You can't extract the right proof points to, to show that here's the right outcome for this customer type. And what you'll find is, I think in most cases, that the content really starts to talk to the person. It becomes conversational marketing uh, versus, I would say, just transverse marketing itself. And again, there's always opportunities to do, I would say, more of you know, transverse topics and thought leadership. But when you want to have impactful marketing or you want to have the right set of conversations, you need to be specific in most cases. It has to be what the outcome and what the benefit is for them. And then then it gives you the ability to really uniquely differentiate yourself in the market itself. Um, otherwise, you know, you're really thinking about um, kind of how we, you know, how any organization would be set up, you know, how in the internal setup is, is affecting the way that we, we share out our messages, our, you know, content itself, but um, it doesn't resonate. And, and that's something that we can clearly see through, you know, just kind of data itself that most of the things that, you know, would say have an impact to the funnel are ones that we've created to be really specific around a need or an outcome. Yeah. No, I, I think that, you know, that, that speaks to the same kind of pragmatic approach that uh, the internal alignment is taking for sure. I, uh, you know, I know we're reaching the end of our, our time together and I almost want to take a bit of advantage, if you will, Mike, of your uh, customer closeness and, uh, and the fact that you come at this from both a marketing kind of sales and uh, finance Don't and finance, finance background. <laughs> Um, and, and like, let's just put on the, let's look, look into the crystal ball a minute. I mean, what do we think is going to happen as, uh, the vaccination rollout continues, um, in terms of that customer behavior and customer expectations? I know we talked about, uh, uh you know, and it, it seems a little bit obvious these days, uh, of course, things have moved more digital, more remote, but, um, any predictions about uh, what's going to happen uh, as uh, as as people can uh, maybe move around a bit more? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good point, um, and it's something that um, if you look at what happened last year, I think most marketers spent their time pivoting quickly, right, to to really think about how to adjust the, what was happening in the market. Um, and then, you know, the other interesting piece of this that many people don't think about is it impacted everybody. It impacted the people that were working on this too, right? We were all kind of part of something that was um, quite global, right? And coming from a global company, you could see people in, you know, Italy, you could see people in Hong Kong, you could see people in France, you could see people in the US going through the same type of thing. Um, and one of the interesting things that came out of that is really the priorities became very simple because it was about adjusting to what was going to happen in the market, but also making sure that we had um, we had that that ability to be there for our customers, right? 
And what I think came out of it is this empathetic, you know, view of marketing, right? Um, how can we be there for the customer when they need us most versus how do we sell to the customer? And uh, this is super important. I think, you know, in any type of, um, I would say, kind of critical moment and like a like a pandemic, it, it's more about being there. I, the interesting thing, though, is, you know, digital marketing's taken off. Most of the companies I think that I talked to, um, they said that they've been struggling to do digital marketing for many years, right? Um, and then it happened overnight. And what happened overnight um, also indicates that um, the digital side of this is now flooded, right? Because people are more receptive to, to digital. People are responding differently now. Uh, but it also means that, you know, people are going to become fatigued with with what's going on. We see, you know, how webinars can, can evolve and how can we can start to do, uh, you know, different tactics with, with digital, even for sales, right? How does sales engage with customers? I think as we start to see people shift a bit and hopefully in the next couple of months with, with the rollout of the vaccine and other, um, you know, things that are happening where the world is becoming a bit more, uh, to the, you know, adjusted to the new normal, um, I think there's going to be the opportunity and the itch to, to do things that are physical again. But I don't know if it'll ever get back to the same way it ever was before, because people have learned now we can do things more effectively, more efficiently. We can have better customer engagement without necessarily even being on site, right? How do we create the you know the best practice tools to engage with those customers digitally? Um, and just from the Schneider side, we we saw a huge spike on you know our channel um, you know our channel partners with us digitally over the last year, which is amazing. It means that you know they're receptive to digital, um, they're receptive of working with us digitally, um, and so uh, I would expect that you know digital continues to be the focus, um, and then we find the right ways to do a hybrid of physical and digital. And that's the world I think we're going to live in probably going forward, where there's a stronger hybrid model uh, than we've ever seen before. Interesting. I love putting these predictions out there. Well, and, and I really, <laughs> I really like uh, what you've seen, you know, in terms of your channel partners too, because mm. for for so many manufacturers, that's been a challenge, and uh, and it's nice to see that they're kind of, you know, coming to the same level that you. Yeah, it was be. certainly the call for change, wasn't it? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a. Uh, uh, my considerably better half uh, has been trying to convince me that we're going to move into a redo of the Roaring Twenties uh, <laughs> once uh, once this all <laughs> uh, kind of blows over and people are going to be partying it up like crazy and uh, uh, doing everything we can do to be uh, in person with each other. So uh, I don't know. We'll get all the uh, predictions out on the table and see where it all ends. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Thanks for joining uh, us. It's been Mike. a pleasure chatting with you, Mike. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, joining the show today and bringing your expertise. It's been a been a great chat. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate you know the uh, the conversation and uh, the insight. Uh, hopefully, that uh, this will bring for others. Wonderful. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.